The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. It's going down the tube, like straight down the toilet. Yeah, I used to like to use toilet analogies for second rate cities. <laughs> well, just every once in a while we drop into like Canadianisms. I get, I get half newfie every once in a while. What's that, the boots there, eh? <laughs> a boot. Okay, a cool. Boot? I don't even believe you're from Canada anymore. I eh? said that. That was terrible. Oh, sorry. Oh. All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Caleb. To my left is... Joshua. To my left is... I'm Joel. And to my left... I'm Colton. And to my left... It's me, Caleb. We've gone full circle. Sadly, as per the norm, we are missing Stuart. Um, but otherwise, Ooh, it's a full house here. All here? We're yeah. missing Stuart for 60, almost 60 episodes now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was here in the beginning. You know, the ones that we didn't, we didn't release. release. <laughs> yeah, like, we never will. Yeah. Um, those ones aren't released. You can't find them on the interwebs, but Joel, what else, what can you find of us on the interwebs? Um, yeah, you can find us at secondratesaints.com. You can send us an email at secondratesaints at gmail.com. Um, and you can check us out on Instagram and on Twitter, um, with very similar handles. I think on Twitter, we're like second, like two ND rate saints. Cause we can click at the handle or something. Yeah. But, uh, we also set up something new this week. Um, Buy me a coffee. Mm. So this is a little bit of a, of a. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Don't, no. I'm not telling <laughs> you what to do. It's just a strong suggestion. But, um, like I said, we are going on what? 60 episodes, something like that. Um, we've decided to open up the opportunity. If you would like to contribute to the growth of second rate saints, we do have things right now kind of um, on the back burner a little bit waiting to come forward. We've got ideas. We've got some projects we'd like to explore. Um, if you'd like to be part of that as a supporter of ours, just check us out at buymeacoffee.com slash second rate saints. And um, by the time this episode comes out, I will put that into our website on second rate saints.com. Maybe. We'll okay. see. The link might be there and it might not be because the, the program that we use for our website might not be compatible with putting the link up. Oh, I'll, I can get around that. Okay, cool. Well, then check our, our website for the link to Hacker buy me a coffee. Over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're about as smart as we sound, so uh, be patient with us. <laughs> um, no, it's been really great to see how Second Rate Saints has grown thus far. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pass it back to you, Joel. Oh, man. I got another double segment here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you read? Can you and do you? I've actually been really enjoying reading lately. What have you Ooh. read? Um, yeah, I had a bit of downtime at work, so I've been reading through... Um, man, I did just blanked on the name. Oh, uh, <laughs> Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, which is um, an old sci-fi no- novel from like the 70s. Is it the 70s, Josh? Something like that. You've read it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's the, it's the novel that the movie Blade Runner takes its inspiration from. Yeah, it's very much that era of, of sci-fi, yeah. like kind of establishing what cyberpunk worlds look like, mm-hmm. um, like flying cars, that kind of thing. Right. It's it's pretty. Yeah. The is, book was more sci-fi and then the movie made it cyberpunk. 
like that's what created the image of cyberpunk uh, okay right right yeah. yeah whereas like the 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 origin of cyberpunk in literature started in neuromancer by william gibson so i have a question yes are those two works do androids dream of electric sheep sheep and neuromancer are, do those kind of set the let's say the genre expectation of let's say cyberpunk to a certain degree cyber cyberpunk genre video games movies books um in the same way like how lord of the rings just set fantasy yes i think so but i don't think cyberpunk has been or will ever be as culturally oh, relevant for sure. as yeah. Yeah. For, sure. More, for sure a little more specific. Um, but in yeah. scale for their genre yeah. yes okay. that's that's kind of i how. think so i think so yeah I mean, it's not a long book it's only about 200 pages hmm. Um, at least the copy I had. Mm. I actually borrowed a copy from Josh, <laughs> and then I left my window open in my truck, and it's now just ruined. So I gotta oh, get you no. a new copy, and I'm so sorry about that. It's but, okay. Uh, I didn't like that copy, anyways. Okay, cool. So. Nice. I gotta get a better copy. It's I'll compost. get the one with the movie cover on it. Beautiful. I hate it. I hate it when people do that. And they put movie yeah, covers. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Especially since it's only inspired. Anyways, that's another thing I'm kind of irritated with. Um, <clears throat> Is that it only inspires Blade Runner. Yeah, like half the scenes are in the movie. There's been so many scenes that I'm like, I, I can't wait to see this in the movie. Because here's the thing. I watched the the new one, 2049, mm-hmm. um, with uh, a couple of guys in college. And you guys, actually. Well. <laughs> I, should, I should specify that. Um, and I didn't watch the first one. So I would like to read that book and then watch the first one. Mm-hmm. And that was my whole point. And then you're telling me now yeah. that Blade Runner... Is not shot for shot. Yeah. And so many of the cool like action sequences but are just not in the movie. But there's so much in the movie that's different from the book that yeah. makes it awesome. Like Harrison so, Ford. Like Harrison Ford. Yeah. Harrison Ford whether, whether or not Deckard's a, a replicant and stuff Which like is that. handled in both the movie and the book. Question. Right. I've heard yeah. it's different though. Is yeah. the speech at the end of I've the original Blade. You wouldn't believe. Yeah. Mm. Kind sure. of. That speech is actually ad libbed by the actor. That's really well the done. The entire yeah. speech. It's pretty yeah. cool. Huh. I know a lot of people that really don't like Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. I'm a 50 um, 50 on the movie. Because it's, they did the whole like, is it deconstructing the value of humanity? Oh, oh that's not the, the That whole thing is like. Well, know. that's part of the reason why I wanted to read it was because how does a, or I should actually set up what mm-hmm. the book is about. It's about androids <laughs> and a guy named Rick who runs around killing androids. Sorry, mm-hmm. retiring androids is what he calls it. Yep. Yes. Um, that were supposed to colonize, uh, colonize Mars. Then they didn't like it, so they came back, and it was like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're to be specific, <clears throat> androids are not allowed on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were supposed to be yeah. manual labor for yeah. the colonization of Mars. But then they started escaping and coming back to Earth, and he has to find them. As they, as they try and become part of society and retire them so that they don't, basically they can't feel empathy. There's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then he does like a, an advanced ver- version of like the Turing test that we use on robots. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's for empathy um, to tell if they're androids or not. Anyways, it's the whole thing. And there's this like tension of like, I'm not going to spoil too much of the book. Sure. But uh, I but- really wanted to get into how people in the seventies thought of AI versus what we think of it now. Ah, Cause mm-hmm. now we think of it as like a helper. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's literally just a browser extension to like us. Like it's helping us colonize Mars. Well, it will, but definitely Uh-oh. not in the way we thought. Right. Right. Like, I don't think that we're going to make biological AI. I think it's maybe the next step and people will try, but 
I think the ethics of, of how that's going to work is really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the right now we have only like with humans, there's the mind body problem and of like how mm-hmm. they interacts with each other. And with androids, that problem is solved. It's AI that's embodied. Yeah. Um, whereas right yeah. now we only have really, we're, we're getting there, but like we really only have AI in like the mental area, in the cognitive. Yeah. We don't have it in the physical yet. Yeah. Mimicking mm-hmm. human, the, the versatility of human emotion experience. Yeah. in yeah. mechanics is very difficult. Yeah. Um, so, but Boston Dynamics is getting there. It's yep. super cool, though. Mm-hmm. If that's if that sounds interesting to any of our audience, we don't talk about AI a ton, no. but check out the Lex Friedman podcast. It's so yeah. cool. Like if you yeah. just look at some of the, his interviews, he gets really in depth. Awesome, because okay. he's done a lot of work on that. He'll feel so good that he got shout out at Second Rate State. <laughs> you know what? I think we're finally at the size we need to start yeah, bringing yeah, the yeah, little guys like- up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you know Lex Friedman. <laughs> Uh, One of the biggest podcasters ever. Yeah, top ten. <laughs> Be, before yeah. before we move off of do androids dream of electric sheep? Is that the name of the title? Yep. Uh, what's the answer? What's the answer to that question? I'd say maybe. <laughs> I'd say I'd say when they're asleep. Yes. <laughs> wow! But, uh, but to answer your okay. point of like the does the does the movie does the movie or the book like deconstruct the value of the human? The point of the novel, one of the points of the novels was to discuss what is the thing that makes us human yeah. Yeah. versus a synthetic. Yeah. Um, is there a difference if we create a synthetic human? If we copy every component. Even in the movie, it's, it's kind of there. Yeah. And that's in their, like, they're testing for empathy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they openly talk about, it, like, yeah, this is the newest test we have. Yeah. It works on the newest iterations. We don't know if it's, like, truly working, so. Well, yeah, because. Yeah. There's no 100%. Like, they never give you certainty on who is an android yeah. and who is not. Mm. It's crazy. Well, well, and, like, even the point of, like, yeah, they find the android and they have to eliminate it. But, mm-hmm. like, but it has all the components that a human has. Yeah. It has the empathy. It has the blah, 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 blah. Do you still eliminate it because you made it? If it has everything that makes you human? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Well, and then it gets into this idea yeah. of, like, what does it take to allow the person to murder another person? Mm-hmm. To think of them as less less than human, yeah. Even if essentially they are not, yeah. yeah. Right, like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it really, I think it gets more into that kind of philosophical question. I would say more than what makes you human, it's more than how do humans do terrible things? Yeah. How do we deal um, with moral yeah. wrongdoing? Yeah. Which leads us to how do we get over those things? We confess, <laughs> which, as you can see by the title you clicked on. Oh my goodness! You just you transitioned so well. There. I know it was, it was like you know when you're grinding your gears and you're mm. in a manual transmission. Yeah. That was that's what that was yeah. for like good solid two minutes. But I here we are. We're, we're we at the main it, topic. We call oh. it remission, right? I just want to talk about AI some more. If that's all right. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, um, as the title of the this episode, what what you give me weird faces, Josh? Yep. <laughs> oh um yeah as the, the title of this episode we're talking about confession mm. um we're, yeah we're we are gonna, confessing yeah yes i'm listing all of my sins here's my sin number no uh, <laughs> no we're gonna we'll release that of the hundred thousand subscribers <laughs> caleb's sin number uh it'll probably go up in that time um however as christians who have been forgiven by the grace of God, mm-hmm. 
However, we still do live in a world saturated with sin Mm -hmm. and we do sin, right? And so we must ask God for grace. We must confess our sins and ask for forgiveness to God. One to another. (laughs) Okay, we'll get into it. To the church and God. That's that's kind of the, that's, that's the main, if you want like the overarching historical theological through line, I'm making a bold claim here. Yeah. Throughout all of church For history. For most of church history. The, all systems can fit into the idea that you confess your sins to the church and God. If you exclude the ones who don't. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah. let's, before we, before we get into some denominational differences, how that plays into personal devotional life, community life, that type of stuff, let's just take a look at it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? What's kind of the origins of the idea? Mm-hmm. Um, and like any good biblical scholarship, you start with words, right? Yeah. And because Josh mm. is in languages. Oh, no. Can you read these Hebrew and Greek words? Sure. If you want to. Yes. Uh, that is yara or yada. Sorry. To know. <laughs> um, and then the next one. So. Yada is to confess, praise, give thanks. It's not quite Yada. It's a different. Yeah. It's very, very close. Mm-hmm. But um, sorry, it's Yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Zakar, mm-hmm. which is uh, used reference to recollection or remembrance. And then we go to Greek and we get. Things op- get a little more fleshed out in the New Testament. In the Old Testament. Here, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll take it. We'll like take most. A, Things. Yeah, we'll take a step. Fine, take a step here. Fine. Um, so in the Old Testament, at least from what I can, what I've read, and you know, gleaning from going through college, um, oftentimes um, tied to confession, especially in the Old Testament, is a corporate giving thanks to God for His covenantal grace, mm-hmm. for His mm. sacrificial the system that He's given to them, and and so. When they, when the Jews did a sacrifice for their sins, or let's say Yom, Yom Kippur comes around, right? yep. and they do that, um, part of their confession is giving praise that there is a system to get rid of their sins. Right. Mm. Yep. And so the, the praise and confession are, and giving thanks are all kind of very intermingled. And because of how the, the Old Testament covenant was set up, it, it is very kind of corporate more so right no, not, yes okay. yes you do have like individuals that are confessing mm-hmm. um not to tangent too hard mm-hmm. um with uh especially hasidic and orthodox jews today mm-hmm. do they still do like emphasize this point of confession i don't know yom kippur and such well i mean they don't sacrifice animals anymore most of them the vast majority yeah. of them <laughs> we don't want to say that they there's do. a few hidden groups yeah um i have I have not read the Mishnah nor the Talmud on this. Yeah. That, to be fair, there's a lot to read. Yeah. Also, I don't believe that there's an oral tradition going alongside of the Old Testament that was somehow preserved. Right. And then is encapsulated. Mm-hmm. In, I was just, yeah, I was just more curious that's, you know, see that. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm not converting Are to ethnic the, Judaism. The Talmud is not canon for your religion? Just saying. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Yeah, fair That's enough. That's a piping cold take, man. Well, I'm, just, I'm just saying, Colton asked me, and I'm like, I don't know. That's not care. Christian. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So back to, back to what you were saying there. You say it's more corporate. It's more collective. There's um, confession as a yeah, well, a mean, more community-based connotation to well, it. Well, you see that a lot throughout the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. When it's, mm-hmm. especially there's like, when the nation, when God's judgment comes, the whole nation repents, right? Mm. When, like, go through Judges, go mm. through First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, cro- mm. uh, Chronicles, even a lot of the, the major and minor prophets, mm-hmm. um, there are calls to overall yeah. corporate... Mm-hmm. Confess, repent, you know, come back. Yeah. Right. Um, and while there are certainly instances of individuals who do this. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's even the idea of sins being um, kind of absolved based on headship as well. Yep. Right. Like, well, mm-hmm. take, oh, for yeah. example, like a uh, Pharaoh giving back Sarah and, and basically apologizing for the entirety of Egypt. Right, like he's taking on that sin himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also say, um, well, with the kings, the you have like there's a bit of headship there with the kings and re- as representatives of Israel and such. For sure, well. yeah. Um, and also the entirety of Israel being judged in the wilderness based yeah. on the actions of Aaron yeah. um, uh, or well, the Aaron elders. creating the. Uh, huh. No, no, no. no. They, they, he just threw the gold in the furnace, man. And out came a calf. <laughs> okay, right, right. weird to believe Aaron in that account. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, I mean, the whole people were were having a giant origin. Okay, that's that is a little bit speculation. But like the vast majority of scholars agree on it. Yeah, it seems like the creation of the calf would be a fertility cult, and that's where you're drawing that line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. Doesn't say it in scripture, but it does seem implied by the context. Yeah, they also leave out a lot of that stuff. You know, more overt sexual stuff. Yeah. Oh, that happens a lot. Um, yeah, Ugh. well, when scribes are copying things down, they will put euphemisms in quite yeah. often. Not necessarily changing the meaning of the text, but changing the writing of the text, which is odd. Or they're just recording it in such a way that it's like, anyway, so everybody knows what happened there, but I don't have to tell you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did we end up on this? Either way. <laughs> Sorry. Um, We're just giving examples of confession in the Old Testament. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, however, things get a little more fleshed out in the New Testament. The idea gets a not I, I shouldn't say a little more fleshed out, mm-hmm. but I think the words used come more into alignment with what we think when we think of confession, when, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, more Christian style. Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally. But I think, I think just even in general, when we... Th- in let's say oh. modern west okay um yeah um josh mr language man please yes. take it away again please um we have two words that are very similar they have the same root word but the first one is homologeo uh to confess declare or admit um to confess to declare openly way of speaking to confess in the way of celebrating with praise to promise and then the other one is exomologeo, um, all of the same as homologeo, but also in a public setting. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that kind of brings in, it still continues with that, like to praise, right? Um, to give thanks. Um, yet it adds in a little bit more of that, like, it to seems admit. to me. 
yeah, it seems to like, well, the other definitely has that in context and you can definitely see that it appears to, uh, it's there, but like with, with Zakar, it's remember. And there's like that Mm. call in many times in the old Testament where God's like, uh, like in that come back to me, Mm -hmm. right. It's remember what I've done, but also remember what you're doing. Right. And so I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with the, with the call to remember, yeah, there is this, um, it implies what we often call, um, oh, why can't I think of it? Where people turn 100%. What is it called? Oh, repentance. repentance? No, just repent. Is that it? Just repentance? What's the, what's the word, though, where it implies 180? Like you are oh, uh, immediately. Shuv in Old Testament? I mean, it is, the word repent be. does mean to turn around. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. forget the, the Greek. Um, oh. But I think the call to remembrance mm-hmm. implies mm-hmm. that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, is is there uh especially with the um homolo homolego lego i can't i'm sorry legeo that's it yeah. um is there more of an emphasis in like legal terms like these would have been sort of legal terms originally not, not that i've seen not that okay. i read um although it's 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 admittance of guilt yeah 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 it, it may have a, a place in that uh, definitely yeah, I, I think that um, modernly we we think of the two main types of confession being either in law or in religion yeah mm-hmm. and so i was wondering how yeah. much of this is emphasized in law even back then well when well, you get into the english confession starts to also be acknowledgement mm-hmm, and that's where mm-hmm, it becomes sure. not a negative thing but like in that uh like a catechism is sometimes called a confession because it's yeah. an acknowledgement of truth. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. there will likely be, well, not likely. I would love to do an episode where we go through like the Heidelberg mm-hmm. Confession of Faith, the Asberg Confession of Faith, so a whole stuff like cool that. Ones. We'll have to call that something other than confession, unless it's just confessions of faith. That, that yeah. works too. Right. Um, catechisms. Yeah. Confessions and catechisms. That could not yeah. confession yeah. of sin. Yes. Which is what yeah. we're doing now. Um, additionally, you also have, uh, brought in is the uh confession also does just mean like truly i do mean this i confess this mm-hmm. is my position right yeah mm-hmm. which kind of blurs in with that confession of faith thing but it also kind of is it kind of does the whole like i'm i'm being honest here this mm-hmm. is because with that like with the admittance of guilt of doing something wrong you're also declaring a a thing that ought to have been done right, right. So they're, they're a wrong being made right. uh, Yeah, but no, no. But what I mean is that, that there's a, you're confessing that I sinned against God Mm. because this thing that I broke is the right thing. Like there's a, there's a correction here that, sorry, there is a thing I ought to have done. Uh, I am admitting to not doing that thing or having done something I ought not have done. Those oughts and ought nots are the catechisms. Right. The admittance um, of guilt is like that's well, the two also sides. confession is because there's also just the confession of like the I I do believe this I truly do believe this yes but to um, admit guilt you have to make that statement of I believe that that's true that's true yeah, yeah. It, pre, it presupposes that yeah um oh what was I gonna say I was gonna say something there uh, da, 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 don't remember oh well um yeah so like all of those ideas are swirling around not all of them are apply in every single usage of the word mm-hmm. but all of those ideas are, are swirling around 
Um, and I think we've kind of stuck ourselves with a pretty wide definition of confession. Mm-hmm. But I think for the utility of this conversation, it's good to have a pretty wide definition. I think so. I think yeah. so. One of the things that you see in the early church, I'll just make a quick point of it here. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you see in the early church is, as far as we can tell, uh, confessions in the local church body was, were done, was done publicly. Mm. Um, however, that changed when either they got too big yeah. or perhaps just out of necessity because maybe it's not exactly a great idea to always air out dirty laundry mm-hmm. publicly. In fr- publicly every single time. Mm-hmm. There might be. Yeah. yeah. And so what eventually happened is there, there kind of became a, either you would confess it to your mentor or to specifically to the, the um, overseer elder uh, or, mm-hmm. or, Monitor, priest or, bishop, pastor. Yeah. or priest or pastor. bishop. Or priest or bishop. Yeah. Yeah. Bishop, yes. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into where perhaps that may have a theological tie to, uh, as a sacrament, we're going to get there in a bit. Um, but yeah, I, there's, I think the big key text that both Protestants really like it. And I think there's, it's good that they like it. I think that's the main thrust. They really like it. Is the, therefore confess your sins to one another mm. and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. James 5, 16. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy how Protestants and Catholics love that verse for two very different reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, it supports uh, intercessory prayer of the saints. Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy. Um, Or it just supports going to your priest. It's super weird. Or like, and and I think we'll we'll get into it too. Go to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Right. Who can also hold you accountable? Accountable, not accountable. They what? can hold you accountable. <laughs> oh yeah, no. um, <laughs> which is something you should confess. Yeah, that's yeah. on the list of sins. We posted it on the Discord. Yeah, I'm so the first, <laughs> first council of sins. <laughs> Don't drink blood. Sins. Yeah, first uh, one. It doesn't specify which blood. Yeah, but like generic, all blood. No, he's got a point. He's no. got you. Thank you. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, you know, if the Roman critiques of early Christianity are right. We are cannibals. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're wrong, by the way. But <laughs> are they? If you're a cannibal, so, we're not talking about cannibals right now. Unless you are, then you need to confess. One of the reasons they thought they were cannibals is because they kept taking in orphans, and they're like, "Man, they got to be doing something with these. Well, they can't be really? keeping all these alive." The, the main reason yeah. is because they said, "No, we eat the body, body of Christ, of Christ, yeah. and drink His blood." And they were like, "So you mean that like metaphor?" And they're like, "No, no, no, no. we." We do. Yeah. So like metaphorically, like spirit. No. It tra- we partake it in <laughs> the body. And so <laughs> they thought that. Whoa. And then when they kept taking babies out of like trash mm-hmm. piles and stuff, they're like, is this happening in like a ritual or something? Mm-hmm. And, and the um, reason they're taking babies out To be fair. Yeah. If a, bu- if a guy came <laughs> yeah. to you and was like, I would like 30 orphans, please. Also, yeah. I eat <laughs> the body and blood. <laughs> yeah. And you know? refuse to elaborate because it's like, well, you're not a Christian. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to explain the deep mysteries of the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, Give me the kit. You, you need to understand like j- the, the simple things. Like yeah, yeah. talk Grace to my pastor about and- it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry for that aside, but I learned that last week and it was crazy. <laughs> that is pretty insane. Um, I'm not calling early Christians cannibals, by the way. But, but, but Romans do. But Romans did. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and just to 
just to confirm, <laughs> they were not eating the children they were saving. They were adopting them and raising them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just let that be known. Yeah, no, I guess you should have clarified <laughs> we that. We should imagine that, yeah. <laughs> to me, it seemed obvious they weren't, but maybe I got to reconsider that whole scenario. Sorry. Interesting. That was a confession of my own. Side oh my God. Hey, that was a good object lesson. <laughs> I don't think you... <laughs> What, is that an object? I don't think that is an no. object. Oh, okay. Um, bring an orphan to church next time I preach. <laughs> Colton, see how you're distracted. Yeah? Sorry. What are the two positions of the heart? You can't look at the notes. This is, okay. Here we go. Off the spot. The two positions go. of the heart when one confesses contrition and attrition. Very good. Two points Thank to you. Colton. Sweet. Thank you, you lost, Joel. Content or discontent? Unless, sorry, let me, can, let me, can you define them? Contrition and attrition. Contrition and attrition? Mm-hmm. Um, contrition is um, genuine forgiveness and attrition is disingenuous? Is that the idea? Uh, kind of. Okay. Close enough, close enough. Nice. Uh, contrition would be you genuinely regret the thing that you did. Mm. Right? Um. And there's many ways that people articulate this. Actually, um, Thomas Aquinas' thing in this Summa Theologica, he has a whole big breakdown of it. It's interesting. Um, I didn't reread it for this episode because I didn't think we were going to get into it, and I don't think we will. So attrition is I feel bad for the consequences, or I feel bad for being caught, Mm -hmm. or I regret what I did because it wasn't worth the punishment. Mm. Yeah, more of a consequential kind of yeah, yeah argument. And now there's there's two kind of positions in the Christian church on this. Either that attrition has no place mm. and is always evil, mm-hmm. right? And and we must always, attrition is evil. Attrition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other position is that attrition is acceptable for those who are not quite developed in the faith, but it must mature to contrition. contrition. Right. Mm. Say sorry, tell your story. Yeah, a little okay. bit, right? Like, right. So like, if you're just saying it because you feel bad that you got caught, then it's either evil or you need to work on your maturity. Yeah. Here's a, I don't know, here's a good answer. I think, I mean, I think a good uh, object lesson uh, image is attrition. We don't have an object. <laughs> if you've been listening to our Samuel series, attrition is the type of bad feeling that Saul got when he got caught or was called out. Mm. Contrition is what David had when they he would get grieve before feeling. the Lord and worship him. Very good. Very good. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're just as tight. How do you know that Josh is wearing a full suit? No, he's not. We do but. need to cover what an object lesson is because I don't feel like you're getting it, Josh. But we'll, well, it was an okay. example in scripture. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it works. Yeah. Object lesson, not quite, but you're right. Okay. Um, anyway. How we, do you how do you feel about attrition, Caleb? Because I think all of us as good Orthodox Christians will agree that contrition is the good way of Yeah. It's whether or not presenting attrition failures. is has its place. Okay. I'm sympathetic towards it, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think it's better than not, not confessing at all? Yes. Really? I I do think that also there's, there's a time to Mm. approach God and basically say, Hey, I'm not feeling sorry. 
forgive me. I just feel the regret for of the consequences break my heart. You know, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Illumine my my eyes to see my sin. Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. only if you do that, only if your spirit does that, will I actually be able to. But have contrition. Would it be fair to say that in that case you have a repentant heart, but you don't? You're not repentant about the specific thing. Whereas when people normally talk about attrition, they're they're not repentant at all, really, except for the fact that they were caught and they just don't want to feel guilty about it. Sure, sure. I, I guess I guess I'm giving best case scenario sure. attrition. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. want to throw out everything. Yeah. Okay. I, I that's that's my two cents. If if I had to throw my two cents, I, I've felt like if you don't emphasize the heavy part of you need to grow deeper in faith. Mm-hmm. If you really don't emphasize that, it just reinforces the behavior mm-hmm. to allow confession in that way. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we have to acknowledge that contrition is only a work of the spirit. The Holy spirit convicts man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can't just wait until you're convicted either. No, like there is of course. A due diligence to it. It's like you don't only tithe when you feel like you have money. Yep. You tithe because mm-hmm. you are supposed to tithe. So is it a little bit like that or am I, I, I think there's, there's just, I think to a certain degree in yeah. just discipline. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think in the good faith way, I think yeah. when people tend to talk about attrition, they think of the bad faith. They're doing it just to feel less guilty about it. Yeah. But I think we'd all agree you shouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. I think yeah. you can also like, like, oh, what's the word? intellectually acknowledge that you should feel guilt and you're not. Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go to God in that, like you're saying, but like not even like there doesn't even have to be the emotional component there. You could just be like, I don't feel bad about this and I should. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of that, yeah. Praying using the attrition mm-hmm. to motivate, to pray yeah. for contrition. I think. Yeah. Right. This should matter to me. Yeah. Right. However, if it just stays there, then we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring up into that feels like a form of contrition, just not directly, but not worth yeah, talking it, about. Yeah, it is kicking the can a little bit. Because it's if you contrition. feel, yeah, it, you're it, repentant, it, just not repentant about the specific thing. Yeah. Well, if you feel a conviction to confess, but not necessarily about I, I don't the know, thing you're confessing I don't know if it's about. Con- I don't yeah. know if it's confession. Yeah. I don't know if it's conviction at that point. It's just me knowing what I ought to do because mm. I must do it. Yeah, sure. It's just me following my. It's seeing that the, the sin has a grip. Following your beliefs more than your fe- how you feel. Yeah. And so okay. the reason the reason why I would align it more with attrition than contrition is because I don't feel bad. Okay. Yeah. But I know I should. I I want to continue to follow Christ. Right. Um, I want contrition. I want to genuinely desire God's holy things, but I, I want the deep hatred of my sin yeah. to be something mm. I feel. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I don't want to fall in, fall in love with my sin, even yeah. though I can sometimes be right there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I think every single Christian has struggled with liking their own sin. Yeah. Like, oh, take it away from me, but don't make me deal with it kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it gets into uh, one, of, one of my favorite Augustinian quotes. It's the Lord make me chaste. Just not yet. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a perfect example mm-hmm. of yeah. attrition. 
Yes, no, absolutely. Take me out of my sin tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. It's the mentality of I'm going on a diet, so I'm going to eat like crazy today. Yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, just start no, now. Actually, very true. Yeah. It's a good yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can get into the fun ones now. Uh-oh. The way different denominations will view Beautiful. confession and why they're wrong. Sure. Interesting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're going to de, de- uh, what is it called? Defunk? No. Deconstruct? No, maybe deconstruct. I just lost the word as I was saying it. Debunk? Debunk, yeah. Defunk is when a business fails, I think. Uh, Defunked. So I have have a couple different categories to help us flesh it out. Okay. There is confession as a sacrament. Okay. Okay. In which we see the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox. And before the Anglicans and Lutherans freak out. The next category is confession as a pseudo sacrament. I was, I was going to say, I know I've read the notes, yes. but how we'll get into it. Yes. They're not, they're not too different, but they are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two general ones after that are the reformed slash Presbyterian position um, and the generic evangelical position. Right. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I have left out the Coptic and Assyrian churches because I don't. That's yeah, crazy. I, I, I don't be mean, Josh. Dude, if we have okay. even a single Coptic listener, reach JK, out. We I love want to my talk. Coptic brothers in Christ. Fair. Yeah. Apparently, there's a fair few in uh, Toronto, but. Really? Apparently. Toronto. And, and uh, Orthodox as well, because they came over from places like Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. Hmm. There's, there's a growing Eastern Orthodox movement. Actually, let's not comment about the, the growing Eastern Orthodox movement in uh, Western culture. That's going to... Anyway. <laughs> it's weird. Much like how we know, we as Protestants know very little about the Eastern Orthodox Church, we know so much less about the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Yeah. Or, yeah, any Coptics or Assyrians. Anyway. Yeah. One thing um, we don't know is where they put that ark. Anyways, continue. <sighs> it came up. <laughs> There it is. Um, so both in, well, in confession as a sacrament, sometimes called penance or absolution, yeah. um, they will adhere, they, they will articulate that there is a priestly or um, an overseer or elder position involved in that, okay, um, in the forgiveness of sins. And they'll, they will generally take that from passages such as Matthew 18, 18. Uh, truly, I tell you, I, yeah, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind here on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Mm. Or they get it also from John 20, 22 to 23. Mm. If you forgive any, you are, uh, they are forgiven them. Um, if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, people talk about whether or not that's just for the apostles. Is it just them who yep. are binding and loosing doctrine? Is it just them that are, that are forgiving sins and whatnot? Um, Roman Catholics typically say yes. No. No? No. Oh, I'm thinking of a different thing. No, Protestants will only say it is just the apostles. Uh, mm. Roman, so this is, this is a point of continuity between the uh, Anglican. Why can't I think of it? Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox position is that part of the apostolic um, lineage, part of the Mm. apostolic position, right? Um, Is that the 
role of apostle as as a as an overseer of churches, right? Bishop, yeah. right, is what it would become. Part of that Pope. is what the, what's being described here. Part of what's being described here, um, and that the elders are blessed by the the um, the bishop mm. to have certain roles and authorities in the church. And you see a little bit of this in uh, in first and second Timothy and in Titus at some point we'll have to do an episode on it if people mm-hmm. actually care about it, but we'll get there. Um, and so they see a point of continuity. Mm. They see that, okay, so part of the apostolic position as are, as passed down by the bishops and then delegated through the priests or passed down to the overseers and then delegated to the elders, same terms, um, is the f- forgiveness of sin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, that's part of their part of their. There, there's a few verses that talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important to point out that both in the Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholic position, we'll get to the Anglicans in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not man that is forgiving the sins. Are there yeah. abuses of it in the medieval history? Of course. Yeah. But if you read their own documents, if you read the Council of Trent, it is God through His Church. Yeah. He is given the authority, as according to those verses, at least. We can argue about those verses if you want, but that's their theory. That's their articulation of it. That's a very, very generous way of looking at it, in my opinion. But yes. Yeah. Not, not in like, that, that is what they profess. I think if you look at it in a more straight view, they're, they're, the, emph- the reason they emphasize that it's not man doing it, even though God is they given it to they man. couldn't say it was man because that would be a problem. Because that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Also because, yeah. Uh, it's not by the power of men that this thing is happening, but by the power of God through men. In my well, opinion, it's here, a roundabout way of saying men do it, but there is theological implications there. Yeah, so here's, here's a Catholic resource on it. Um, penance is not a mere human invention devised uh, by the church to secure power over consciences or to rely, revive the emotional strain of troubled souls. Or to, sorry, to like aid them. Mm. I can't speak English apparently. It is the ordinary means appointed by Christ for the remission of sins. Man indeed is free to obey or disobey, but once he has sinned, he must seek pardon not on conditions of his own choosing, but on those which God has determined. And these are for Christians, and these for Christians are embedded in the sacrament of penance. So an yeah. important which point is called, I think, technically reconciliation. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, yeah, or ab- absolution. Um, right. Confession. A uh, part of it in both the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox systems and, and technically sometimes Lutheran and Anglican mm-hmm. is that baptism is how you are forgiven for your sins. Sorry. Yep. Confession is how you're forgiven for your sins post baptism. Yep. Not everyone in the Lutheran or Anglican view see it that way. I think the Lutheran view might be more strong on that. I, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Anglican one's a little more varied on that. It depends which tradition in the Anglican church you kind of follow. Yeah. Um, interestingly, Catholics, priests are bound to not give up what is confessed. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they're not old. So oh, I was going to say. When we talk about confession in this, I'm going to say liturgical sense because that's how it makes sense to me. Um, that okay. there is like a, a ritual to it. You go and confess to sure. an authority. 
um, in the church, you're saying the Roman Catholics are bound not to share that information. Yeah. Is that a consistent thing among those who practice confession in this ritualistic sense? As far as I'm aware, well, there are people that may break it. Is it yeah. they are under threat of excommunication? Mm-hmm. So oh, that's the... Yeah. Oh, as wow. far as I'm aware, that's the threat. I, I, I know think, Lutherans are that way too. I, I think that's true. I thought there were a few things that would exclude that. There may like, be I thought there was like if they're in the middle of committing an act or they are about to commit an act and you know it's like going to be. I thought that was one of the There may reasons. be a couple exceptions. But they're extremes. Yeah, they are very, they are very extreme. Yeah. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. I've never been part of a church that practices um, confession in that sense. Um, I mean, of course, I've been a yeah, part of a church either. that practices confession in, in other ways, um, encouraging mm-hmm. mentorship and discipleship and such, but not quite in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eastern Orthodox do something similar. Mm-hmm. They do it in a less structured way they have that same are you saying the orthodox church is less structured somehow well that's the first time ever well they are like structured yeah but they have they they leave it far more up to mystery mm-hmm. like all things in Eastern oh, orthodoxy okay. um it's less let's say hammered out like one of the one of the nice and bad things um within the catholic tradition is because it's so act like you have people like figures like Thomas Aquinas just mm-hmm. hammering it all out point yeah. by point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, confession as the sacrament is extremely articulated mm-hmm. in the Catholic system, less so in the Eastern Orthodox. Although, for the purposes of what we stated here, very similar. Mm. Interesting. Before we move off of those two, does anybody want to? I talked a lot there. Sorry. What, do you, what do you think are the big benefits of a system that's high sacramental with uh, penance? People actually go and confess sins yeah. to another person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The benefit is that, that it gets done. I think, I think also uh, too, the, the, <clears throat> the clergy take it seriously. Yeah. Yes. Cause oftentimes clergy in lower, let's say low churches, if someone goes and talks to their pastor, that, if it's like, cause it's so elevated in the articulation uh, in high churches, he's, it's not going to come out in his next sermon. He's in like an off I won't <laughs> say who. Yeah. And it's not going to pass around as gossip, you know, cause like, Hey, are you, you know, mm-hmm. abusing the sacrament that God <laughs> gave you? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. They, they consider it of extreme responsibility. Yeah. There's a bit more catharsis maybe. Right. Do you think that, because going back to contrition and attrition, mm-hmm. do you say it's really good for contrition? Like if someone is contrite to go to a priest and talk about it, it's like, it's, that's really good for them to do. And it, it, like this kind of system, the sacramental system helps elevate a more dialogue and whatever of contrition, but then for attrition, it tends to maybe Cause I, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it for that regard. My issue is more so the mortal sin system mm-hmm. that is yeah. intimately uh, tied towards it. Yeah, mm. I tried to avoid the mortal versus venial sins. Thing, yeah, yeah, but, but that, that's that, an that episode is, in of itself. Yeah, I think that would be a fascinating episode to do. But yeah, that, is, that is my main kind of uh, right. Well, I mean, it's pretty widespread. Maybe it's not widespread, but the idea that all sins are equal. Yeah, um, is is a pretty widespread thing among Protestants. Um, maybe less so in in higher churches. Um, 
but because there is no we'll yeah. say ranking system yeah. <laughs> i don't like using well, these words I maybe think, i don't have the vocabulary I, I think, to express I think part it part of but. the part of the issue why protestantism in general has mm-hmm. a difficult has ah let's say errors towards articulating all sins are equal yeah right yeah. is because we because no matter how many sins you commit, you're equally falling away from God. Right. Well, you're yeah. equally falling away from God. You're equally justified. There is yeah. no like yeah, every, no your works don't <clears throat> increase or decrease your justification yeah. as like the Council of Trent may say. Which is technically true. It, not, yeah. Not true. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. add to your justification. Love doubling down. It's great. Um, and, and, and Protestants would go, no, because it is the righteousness of Christ upon you, imputed upon you, yeah. that justifies you. And that your works cannot add to that. Yet, in in our in our our desire to maintain imputed righteousness, mm-hmm. I think we we do lose a little bit of sight of like, yeah, but some things are yeah. more corrupt. I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, we start we start to lose it in more modern day. I think most people, if you ask them, which is worse, like killing someone or like stealing a piece of bread. To feed your family, most people are like, "Well, killing someone's obviously worse." Yeah. We should specify. Like, are they both sins? Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. we should specify the dip. when we say all sins are equal. What we mean is like we're referencing when Paul says, "When you break one of the laws, you're you a lawbreaker law. of the entire law." Yeah. Mm. Right, your status is of that of a sinner, whether it was stealing a loaf yeah. of bread yeah. or murdering. Well, it's yeah. but on this earth, actual like real time punishments for certain sins are greater. The effect on the community and the people around you, certain sins are greater or lesser. I, I would even like, I agree, yeah. but I think not just on this earth too. If you're, do certain sins hurt your relationship with God more? Well, there's even, God even, up, you're saved, treats you sins differently. Yes. For example, the armor of God specifies that it fights off all these things, the, the, the arrows of the yeah. devil, yeah. The, all this stuff. But then it says flee from sexual sin. The armor of God doesn't protect you from it. You have to run. You have to run to God for it, hmm. for protection. So there's, there's differences even in approaching sin because certain sins have different effect on you and the community. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Interesting. And so that doesn't mean that they have different, like it's God is going to be just as upset if you commit one sin over another. It's not like one of them. He's like 50% well, upset. Well, I, I, no, I, I, I no, do think that yeah. God's wrath. For example, he dedicates an entire page to the to the sacrifice of children, but for certain laws, you'll see one line. Sure. This is wrong. Yeah, this is an abomination before God. Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. The punishment is grander. The yeah. punishment for other things is lower. But in as far as your salvation is concerned, yeah. And Protestants tend to voice everything through sanctification. Yeah. And so in that sense, mm-hmm. one sin causes you to be removed from the grace of like one sin pre-Christ causes you to be a sinner and therefore deserving of hell. Mm. The, the justification of grace through Christ is enough to forgive you of all sin. And so that's what it means by sins equal. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also to, in a part of the view, yeah, part of the issue why Protestants struggle with articulating this mm. is because we have not done, a, at least in recent times, I don't know about the past, to be honest with you, but in recent times, we have not done a great job of articulating 
how, yes, Christ's righteousness is upon us. Now let us grow into that righteousness and make that righteousness our own. Mm. Right. And like you see oh. elements of that articulated in the, the, through the spirit. Now the righteous requirements of the law will be fulfilled in us. Right. Mm. Um, mm. Note that I am not arguing here for the Catholic doctrine of infused righteousness, but. <laughs> um, you yes. mean it's imputed, right? Oh, it is imputed. Thank you. But okay. yeah, there's no doubt that it's imputed. But now through the work of the Holy Spirit, make yourselves a holy sacrifice. Yeah. Is acceptable to the Lord, which is your true form of worship. Can we pull back some relevance into the confession topic? Yeah. Because um, um, I know we're talking a lot about sin here and mm-hmm. like technically hermardiology, which might be my fault for bringing that up. But like what, how can we tie that into confession? Well, I think uh, at least from some, I've seen a couple of, a couple Catholic priest interviews and mm-hmm. also with Anglicans and um, people who are not Catholic or Anglican mm-hmm. for certain sins will more so go to an Anglican church because um, they're a little more forgiving, let's say, on this because they're <laughs> okay. still Protestants. Um, for certain sins, it may be helpful to talk to a priest, for a priest to go, yeah, okay, you've confessed before God. Mm. God's mm-hmm. church acknowledges your sin. He, through his, through his church, through his, through his, his body on earth, has mm-hmm. forgiven you. Go and sin no more. Interesting. Hearing that is mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah. Or if we're talking about like the different degrees of sin, mortal and venial sins, which I don't want to get fully yeah. into. And that's in the Catholic system. Yeah, but there is a reason why they have a difference there. Yeah. And, and there, it's not because it's necessarily in the Bible, but there is a kind of obvious leveling of different types of sin. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's undeniable there's a moral conscience. Like, we don't have any issue with that. In fact, confession is a great way to alleviate the moral conscience for people who just cannot get yep. through the guilt of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it is an early form of counseling. <laughs> Which the Catholics will say it's not the point of but it. Even when but we're it is trying nice. to hide... Like when we're trying to hide any wrongdoing, our biology subverts us in like mm. letting little things be known. When we try to lie, the more, the bigger the lie becomes, the more our body language and our subconscious starts to let slip the lie. Um, Some of us. Yeah, we all have tells. Yeah. Um, and we're usually not aware of them. Yeah. So one of, one of the reasons why, because uh, I, I did a little bit of reading. Um, why confession is a big point of the Catholic Church. Yes, we get into imputed versus infused righteousness a little bit, but also the idea that um, the sin of one person doesn't affect just themselves, but affects the entire body. Exactly. Um, And therefore, leaving it unconfessed means it will have an effect on the rest. Therefore, it is is not necessarily the responsibility of the, the church or the community of believers, but it is... Um, there has to be some kind of connection. There. Yeah. Well, it's also um, because you're part of the body of Christ, because when you sin, you harmed the overall body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, no man stands alone. Yeah. Part of the issue is, is by beseeching and presenting your sin before the church as mm-hmm. represented by your local, let's say priest or pastor or whatever. Mm. Um, 
you are asking the them for forgiveness whom you as a part of that body mm-hmm. have um, sinned against as well. Mm-hmm. And Christ has given his earthly church, if those verses, and we can argue whatever, has given them the authority and responsibility to forgive mm-hmm. or withhold forgiveness. Yes. Uh, to those people. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's to answer your question of like, how, how is it useful? I think there's plenty of ways of how it's useful. Yeah. I think it's, uh, we'll merge into, cause we, we'll, we'll keep plowing mm-hmm. through this, um, for the moving on from the full sacrament view mm-hmm. to the, to the pseudo sacrament view. Um, Anglicans are super, they're kind of all over the place on this. Yeah. Like their a lot mo- of things are kind of loose. Yeah. Their motto on this is, um, all can, some should. None must. Hmm. I think I kind of agree with that. I, I like it yeah. a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you do have some um, Anglo-Catholics that will go the full blow, like Catholic route um, articulation. Like I actually have a, a book here that goes that route. Um, since, all, since most should all don't technically must. They, or, uh, oh, all can, right. some should. None must. Right. So here it's like one paragraph. I'll read the, uh, what the, the penitent person uh, in the Book of Common Prayer here. Okay. Here, what the penitent, penitent person would say to the priest. Okay. Mm-hmm. I confess to Almighty God, to his church, and to you that I have sinned by my own fault in thought, word, and deed, in things I have done and left undone, especially blank, fill in. For these and all other sins that I cannot now remember, I am truly sorry. I pray God to have mercy upon me. I firmly intend amendment of of life, and I humbly beg forgiveness of God and his church and ask you for counsel, direction, and absolution. Hmm. Um, Now, is that supposed to be for personal? No. Okay. We'll get into that, and um, Josh will also present kind of what the... the, um, Mm-hmm. Reformed, reformed have in that and when we'll, when we cover what it what uh, corporate confession mm-hmm. looks like let's say in a, on a sunday service and what it could look like in devotional towards the end of the episode um, but that would be in the actual quote-unquote the sacrament mm-hmm. um, as it's played out okay that would be what yeah okay um lutherans are kind of similar luther does call it the third sacrament in his larger catechism. Yeah. Um, now, if those verses do mean what we've been kind of saying, hypothetically, we're kind of presenting like... A very... Assuming that, let's go. Yeah. Let's roll with it to explain what... To, to look at these traditions. Yeah. Um, then it is instituted by Christ. Assuming that those, that those verses articula- are... Are talking about salvation, but are talking about confession. Yeah. Yeah. Then it, then it would be a, a third sacrament artist, uh, articulated by Christ. However, Lutherans see it as a very close tie to baptism, like super, super, super close. Yeah. yeah. Um, and from what I read on Lutherans, I am still trying to understand their articulation <laughs> of baptism. And so I'm not going to try to articulate it here right now. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a time and a place for that. Yeah. Um, but they do see the link of confession as a sacrament as having its maybe its efficacy even in the baptism 
Yeah, it's from, from interesting. From what I read, which I will admit I'm in the same boat. I don't know nearly enough about it because it's a bit complicated, is that Lutherans have kind of gone through a lot of ups and downs through mm-hmm. the last five hundred years in their theological theological soundness. Development. And development. Mm-hmm. Um the nineteen thirties kind of come into view yeah. a lot with that. Um but the uh when like baptism is the, is necessary for salvation to an extent not not necessary mm-hmm. isn't like whatever but it is we've talked a bit about it like it is the act which then uh confirms you as a believer into yeah. the body of which christ all of the previous traditions would think that right all of them and including the um the upcoming reformed and presbyterian which mm-hmm. josh will get into right um and therefore confession is kind of turning around back to that point of full yeah. confession yeah I, part of part of the thing that we're that as we're going down this list of let's say um, high 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 sacrament mm. is as we get crawl down this list when you reach some pl- I, I don't know about the eastern orthodox i know when you when you hit anglicanism down running down this list um praying to god in your devotional prayer life mm-hmm. for and confessing to him that is just as legitimate of a confession as to yep. a priest. Right. Yep. That is not a, any less of a confession. Um, that you are not absolved of your sin any less. Um, although there may be some Anglicans that say that, that is, as far as I can tell, that is not standard articulation. And right. then the further we go past that, the more that becomes the case. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, we're done with Lutheranism. I think we're done with the sacramental aspect of it. Sure. <laughs> Reformed and, and uh, not Episcopal, and Presbyterian. Yeah, so Mr. the Reformed. way... What's the Calvinist the way, view? No, no, it's not particularly Calvinist. Um, You're Calvinist the, though, right? Calvin's <laughs> Institutes really <laughs> don't go. like... I'm kidding, man. I, I, with you. I, I, I lightly glanced over mm-hmm. Calvin's Institutes on... He doesn't have a whole lot of good words for it. It's okay. About doesn't surprise me. Confession yeah. about confession. Yeah. Absolution. Neither, yeah. Neither yeah. do the Anabaptists mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. they have a very non-sacramental. So view. the way everything it's it functions in the Reformed Church is it functions in the church service as a corporate act, and that's like the way it's publicly seen. And then you also have, yeah, go to if you have if if you if you are contrite. Go to God in your personal prayer and your devotions, right? Mm. Whenever you sin, immediately repent if you can. Um, like you've got that normal stuff, and you've got yeah, go go talk to the pastor, or go talk to a trusted member of the church. Go to your elder, right? Like if you if it's something significant, go do that. Um, but then you also have the corporate confessional point, which is a part of the every church liturgy. Um, so the standard like framework for a service in the reformed church is it starts with a gathering at a praise section then confession then proclamation then response to the word and then the lord's supper and then the sending um like the sending out and so basically what happens is at the beginning of church you get a call to worship from the worship team we then praise like through worship songs and then there's a greeting in which we all do like the grace and peace and like greet each other. That's mm. extremely similar in Anglican yeah. circles. Um, almost to a T. And then right after that, you usually have a call to confession 
And so there will be a, a reading of a passage of the Bible where it's somebody confessing or a psalm or stuff like that. And then it's we all pray. The whole church confesses to, God's, our, to God our sins. Um, and then we have the assurance of the pardon. Another like reading is done. And then we have the, um, a response of thanksgiving. And so in that call of confession, like before or after the prayer and before the, insurance, the assurance of pardon, there will be songs where we sing about confession, like about sins and being contrite. And Would you use some of the psalms? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like in the reading, they'll use a lot of the psalms usually. But like even in like there are some songs that are of psalms that are about confession. Yeah. Um, and then we have songs about being pardoned and thanksgiving about that. And then we have uh, the church family prayer. Um, the word is read. And then we have if we have Lord's Supper, we do that. Um, and then we have the setting out. So it's a song. The blessing right, right, and a song. Right, right, right. But yeah, so like the, the, the confession is like in that first third and it's a, it's a, the whole church, because basically what we, what is articulated is you walk through that whole being called to and praising God, confessing our sins, both acknowledging him and acknowledging what we've done wrong. Right. Yeah. Receiving the pardon of that praising him for it like you were saying in that old testament style yeah because he has made a way for us exactly. to be absolved exactly mm. our and our very confession itself is a thanksgiving exactly of grace and then you have the word is spoken like we, we pray our concerns our sins everything in that family prayer mm-hmm. where one of the elders or the pastor or even actually just a member will sometimes be called up to do the whole family prayer mm. um and then the sermon is good. The, the word of God is read and preached on. And then we then worship again. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's built into your Sunday. Yeah. Sun, every Sunday. Every single Sunday. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of the things I really liked about um, mm-hmm. the Anglican service. But yeah. also it's uh, like, have you guys ever done like, you know, monthly devotionals or whatever? So oftentimes they'll have like a yeah. thanks like a confession in there as well. Mm-hmm. Right? If you do yeah. the um, yeah. uh, seeking God's face, which is like the reformed uh, uh, book of common, common prayer, prayer. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a section in the prayer for confession. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Every single day. Um, so now, do you mind if I cover a little bit more of the? Are, are we finished with the reform stuff, or is there more? No, that's about that you'd it. Like to cover? No, the the basically like with like the Presbyterian or the other reformed mm-hmm. denominations, it's variations on that. Like in the church service, in the pattern of worship, there is a section for c- confession. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm part of a denomination that dislikes structure a little bit more mm-hmm. um, just because I think by and large, um, if it is not contrition, if it's not mm-hmm. conviction, it's not seen as legitimate. Yeah. You know, there you can't just say the words. You have to also feel the spirit kind yeah. of a thing. Authenticity right? is, There's is authenticity is, is high. High, yeah. high, high. So what I would say in a what I've seen um, is more often than not confession, if taken as a body, would be closer to like an altar call. 
calling everyone up to the front. Should sure. be prayed for. Hey, we're going to have our team members, our prayer team or whatever, up at the front to pray with you if you need right. prayer. And mm-hmm. that covers a multitude of different things from different denominations, whether there's healing or um, confession or anything like that. Um, it kind of seems to be like a, and I, I don't mean this in the derogatory sense. I mean this just in the in the general sense. It kind of, it, altar calls tend to be or seen as like a grab bag of like it 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 does a it functions as many things like you're saying for like healing yes. or confession or for well, yeah. I think that's a part whole of bunch the, of different yeah. things. Yeah. That's as someone who weirdly isn't a I shouldn't say isn't a but weirdly isn't a post. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of like altar calls. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm a 50/50. I think I think they at least for me they've been Hugely beneficial. Hugely beneficial. Um, I think that they can be over overemphasized, all that kinds of things. But part of the beauty of it, as Joel was pointing out, is they can be so much. They yes. can be mm-hmm. confession. They can be healing. They can yeah. be, yeah. you know, simply just, hey, come up and sacrifice of worship. And it is not structured in the sense that it stands alone. Mm-hmm. If someone said, okay, now altar call, and everyone just comes to the front, mm-hmm. that wouldn't make any sense. It has to be put either right after or right in the middle of um, a sermon or preaching or some sort of call, mm-hmm. right? There's yeah. typically a call to action that is accompanied with that, whether it is get right with Christ or come for healing or come for Holy Spirit baptism in my case, right? Like there's, there's some of those different things. Um, I'm not saying confession is not necessary in a, we'll say Pentecost. I don't know if I'd say Baptist because I don't think Baptists do altar calls really. Uh, it depends uh, where you are. Fair enough. Tradition. Yeah, they maybe it's they're a, kind of they're super decentralized. It depends where you are. Yeah, that you'll is find fair. a strand of everything else. Yeah, I've yet to be in a Pentecostal church where they don't they don't have that routine of altar calls. Mm. Um, I, I've seen it where they they'll have times where they don't do it. But I've never been to a church that has never done it or doesn't yeah, do that's, it. That's kind of fairly what yeah. often. Yeah, and that falls into the destructured nature um, that a lot of people um, enjoy and kind of thrive in. Another thing I see is that the pastors or priests, uh, priests, the pastors um, of these churches don't have that same expectation. They're confidential, but it's not like, it's not written up. Yeah. You know, it's not like, uh, if you become an Anglican priest or a Catholic priest or whatever, there's an expectation. This is something I'm going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Pentecostal perspective, mostly from what I've heard, is sometimes you're going to need Holy Spirit guided counseling, and that's a little bit closer to the the confession. So yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair because like right. even in the and again I don't know if there is an official statement on confession from the Pentecostals. I'm sure there's something even in the, like I the, couldn't find anything. I can be. You know, did you you look for it? Did you? I looked for many different denominations. Some of them have it more explicit, especially older ones. Mm-hmm. Um, newer denominations they don't even think about it a lot of the time. Yeah. No, well, I, like, I mean, part of the, to get to your point was like Holy Spirit direction mm-hmm. and all that, like part of the, the prayer of the penitent is right at the very end, the, uh, like I humbly beg forgiveness of God and his church and ask you for counsel, direction and abs- absolution, mm. counsel and direction. And like, like that's built in. And I think what you're, you're kind of mentioning there with the, mm-hmm. when you know, you go to your pastor and you're like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. I can't get rid of the guilt. I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. Part of that is from, at least from what I've heard from 
evangelical pastors, which yeah. uh, Pentecostals would, would fit into. So same yeah. thing with, I think, most Baptists as well, mm-hmm. um, would be remind them of that forgiveness is in Christ. Yep. Which is like, and, and, mm-hmm. and that they are forgiven, which is very effectually extremely similar, if not the exact same of what's going on with the, um, with the pseudo sacramental views. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the other part is, Hey, let's not make this a repeatable thing. Hmm. What can you do going forward? Which is exactly what you're talking about yeah. there. Joel. Yeah. Turn and sin no more. I shouldn't see you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? like let's let's not yeah. make this a repeatable thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Part of the thing that's extremely helped me in devotional life, we'll, we'll move on and do devotional and then like friends and community, and then we'll wrap it up. Right. Before we do, just, I, I wanted to mention a few like denominational differences mm. in it. Okay. Like, cause charismatics tend to emphasize different parts than like traditional evangelicals sometimes do. Okay. okay. Like, yeah, I said Baptists don't really have a unified. I think the one thing they would say is a unifying thing when it comes to things like confession is, yeah, it's available if you want to talk to the pastor, but really it's the Bible that you should be going to first um, when it comes to confession. They'll emphasize the Timothy passage of, like, useful for all teaching, correction, script. Uh, yeah, but that's not all confession. That. No, but that's, from my experience, what they would turn to yeah. and from what I could see. Um, is the Bible that should be, at the Bible and the Holy Spirit that are, guiding you into feeling bad and therefore (laughs) like not as much confession, but confession isn't emphasized. No, that's the replacement for confession. Well, and I think, I think it's, I think it's a, that's a symptom of their low. Oh man, this is me just maybe swinging. I don't say it in the nicest way possible. Caleb. I think (laughs) it is a consequence Mm -hmm. of a low kingdom articulation of the church and uh, which, yeah, which I ties agree. into the low art articulation of you as being part of the body of Christ, your sin hurts the body of Christ, and all that stuff that we kind of talked about when we were talking about the sacramental stuff. Sure. Mm. I don't know if I'd emphasize low kingdom necessarily, because I think that they have a different conception of what bringing Christ's kingdom down looks like. I'd say it's a low community sure. uh, aspect. I think anything that I've read in Baptist or you can find in the larger churches as well, plus some. Doesn't hmm. matter. What? What? To the to the Baptist doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's. Uh, well, they have a problem with sacraments right across the board, so there's less of a consideration for it. That's true. Uh, but then you you look at like Mennonite or Wesleyan uh, Methodists, and confession is emphasized a lot more, but it's also a lot more grave. Um, sure. not not a lot more sacramentally, but a lot more communally. Yeah. And, um, and I think Wesleyans because they come out of the well yeah. Wesleyans and Puritans because they come out of the Anglican tradition. Yeah, hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, I was just going to comment. I've I've been doing the daily office. Part of that is you have confession twice a day, right? right. In cool. part of your daily devotion, it's awesome. That's mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I'd enough. encourage listeners to do that. Not do the daily office. I mean, cool, but incorporate that. Saints does not condone Anglicanism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. I'm not saying go to the daily office unless you want to. It's helped me. The but, daily office is? Um, the devotional, um, yeah. like, routine of... It's like a Bible in the year, right? To a certain degree. Um, but just all I'm advocating for... 
all I'm advocating for is incorporate confession into your daily life. daily devotions. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, it's even in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. 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 Well, I can't we, believe we never brought that up earlier. <laughs> well, when we when we talked about prayer, we did talk about mm-hmm. penitent, penitent, penitent prayer and such. Like it's a big part. It's how many churches, especially modern evangelical churches, emphasize confession? Not many. No. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it's going to be in that kind of what Joel was talking about, that corporate, like, you go to the front to the altar to, for, uh, for healing or confession if you really want to. Or you can go to the pastor. Yeah, and, and it's kind of because it's not, because it's not man that can fit, that actually forgives your sins because there is not actually an office that does that it's kind of like anyways the right way (laughs) that repentance in any form is confession and and that's kind of their their take that's why there's not loose borders on it and weirdly enough i think that's one of the parts of pentecostalism i agree with the most (laughs) right like that's where i i I hit Mm -hmm. um pretty dead on what they believe as a whole but um not super developed but no that's cool it's been a little loose covering the topic, but uh, hopefully you stuck through. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to have more thoughts even after we've, like, we finished this conversation, right? Like, this feels like the first part to many. Um, so if you'd like to hear, this is to the audience now, if you'd like to hear more on uh, our takes on confession, or even uh, if you'd like to see us do a harmardiology episode, that one's coming down the tube, right? We're excited for it. Um, I sound very excited, don't I, Josh? Yeah, no, there, you're laughing just, there. It, there, there's, yeah. I just noticed the lingo there was very interesting. It's going down the tube, it's coming like down the tube, straight down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I used to like to use toilet analogies for second rate six. <laughs> hey, here's the spiral that we do at the end of every episode. Well, just every once in a while, we drop into like Canadianisms, and it's yeah. very fun. Eh? I get I get half newfie every once in a while. What's the note there, eh? <laughs> a boot. Okay, Colton. Uh-huh. I don't even believe you're from Canada anymore after hey? you said that. That was terrible. Oh, sorry. Uh, you tell him from Canada because housing is insane, and I want to cry. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Okay, um, we started a uh, financial branch of Second Rate Saints at BuyMeACoffee.com/slash um, Second Rate Saints. This is the first time we're advertising it, so if you'd like to go and um, drop a loony into the basket. Um, yeah, there's more Canadian. It's not tithing. It's not tithing. <laughs> we are not a church. Um, but we would love to, to grow beyond what we're doing right now. Um, we're not a church because we're the only ones here. That's, that's kind of what we're going with. And we're all different denominations. I don't think we'd be able to start a church, Josh. Cause you're Calvinist. We just call it non-denominational. Ah, that's a little low no. even for me. I can't do that. <laughs> not anymore. No, I mean, if we if the four of us tried to start a church, it would have to be non-denominational Ugh. because of the disagreements. I don't, I don't ever want to. No, Baptists anyway, are just sorry, non-denominational. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot uh, about that too. Yeah. Poor Stewie, he's just hanging out, non-denom. Okay, um, if you've uh, enjoyed this episode, be sure to check us out on all platforms. SecondRateSaints.com, uh, YouTube is Second Rate Saints as well, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah. I'll see you next week. Have a great week. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Just end it. Just end it. Just end it.